Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another episode of your Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. You guys got to excuse me today because I didn't have no breakfast, no coffee, no nothing. So I am winging it today, but I'm going to let it do what it do, okay? Now, today, again, is one of those topics that's very interesting, and for some reason, it was just placed on my heart because with so much that is going on in the world, I try to come up with topics that individuals could benefit from because I know that a lot of times individuals, we're so hooked on social media to where we are kind of losing touch with our feelings, emotions. And some people are feeling and having too many emotions. But today I'm going to be providing information as it relates to the benefits of therapy. Now, many of you know that I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I am the owner of the Center for the Treatment of Addiction located in Orange County, as well as the J.A. Precious Inc. located in San Diego County. So I'm kind of liking this new form of therapy, which is telehealth, and I'm going to be explaining a little bit about that too, because I'm finding therapy that it is more convenient for individuals to engage in telehealth sessions. But yet a lot of times when we think of, or we tell a person about telehealth, they think of, um, am I going to be online? Am I going to be on the Internet? Because they really have no idea of the concept. And I also tell individuals that many individuals think that telehealth was designed because of COVID, when actually the telehealth platform was actually designed before COVID, to make it more convenient for individuals to receive assistance and also obtain therapy in the privacy of their own home, and it would also reduce no-shows. And with the price of gas, at least you ain't got to go into a therapist's office. But I know I need to go in my office and dust and sweep and vacuum because I haven't been in some of them offices in almost two years. So when we start talking about therapy and the benefits of therapy, I want to read what I actually posted on my Facebook, and I indicated that when a person is going through, who should they talk with? Most of the time, they will go to friends or family members, which may really don't know what to say to them, and then they will tell them what they think that that person wants to hear. I remember my mother used to say, what you want me to do, scratch my butt and come up with an answer? And she was like, really, mom, really? You know? Now, mental health is real, and individuals also have personal, relational issues. And when we go through a crisis or we're going through something, we need somebody to bounce some things off of. Some people run to church. Some individuals run into their regular coping mechanisms, whether it's addiction to alcohol, drugs, sex. People know mine, casino, I'm going to the casino. But therapy can help. It can also be beneficial, and that's what I want to talk to you about because I want to hear your thoughts. I also want to know what is it that you feel you have to lose. I'm going to be providing information about some of the advantages as well as the disadvantages. But I want to say this. However, there are exceptions to confidentiality that a lot of individuals are not aware of. If an individual is a danger to themselves, or danger to someone else, meaning if you are suicidal or homicidal, we have a legal and ethical duty to intervene 
in some cases, to one or third party. However, if you go and tell the therapist about something that you did that's not abusive to a child, a dependent adult, or a senior, we can't say a word. We have to keep that to ourselves. So confidentiality does exist. I was talking about the telehealth platform. There are different types of platforms. We got face-to-face. We have telehealth. Some people are doing phone sessions. Some individuals are being seen by text messaging. And if you are a therapist, whether you work for an organization or you're in private practice, give me a call because I want to know what's working, what some of the things that are not working, some of the areas of concerns that you may have in regards to clientele and their resistance, and even if you want the free advertisement, just tell me who you are, what you do, where you're located. Because that's another thing. If we want to make sure that therapy is accessible to everyone. Now, I talked a little bit about the confidentiality, and I said give it a try. We know that there's a stigma. Many individuals are afraid to go to therapy because they are afraid that people are going to think they're crazy. I tell individuals, you're crazy if you don't get no help. If you know that something is bothering you and you know that something is weighing you down, go get some help. Talk to somebody. Everybody is not going to know your business. There's also ways of getting help, whether you use your health insurance, whether you are paying via private pay, or whether you're utilizing EAP services, which is Employee Assistance Program. Now, with insurance, most individuals have a copay. Some may not. Some may also let you work with the out-of-network therapist. But I want to say this. All therapists are not contracted to your insurance. There are therapists that may only see private pay clients. Some people think, oh, it's about the money. They forget about the work that needs to be done and the brain power that it takes for the therapist to make sure that we have a understanding of transparency as well as counter-transparency, meaning the client will dump all of their stuff onto the therapist, whether it's anger, hurt, pain, no matter what it is, but it's not okay for the therapist to dump all their feelings onto the client because the person is a client. And we've got to be aware of dual relationships and conflicts of interest and all of those things, too. So just because um, you know me, don't mean I could be a therapist because I could be a conflict of interest. And it's a power thing. Now, I also want to say, and I was talking about EAP, which is an employee assistance program. Most employers are offering EAP services to their employees, their dependents, and their spouses, and it's free and it's confidential to address non-medical issues. Now, your health insurance covers medical issues. Medical issues and behavioral issues and relational issues are different things. And I know that many individuals are very frustrated because they're calling therapists, they're not getting called back, they're not connecting with someone, and they feel that people don't care. Not that the therapists just don't care, Many therapists are overworked, and we have what's called secondary trauma. But all therapists, like myself, are contracted with more than one insurance provider. So you're not the only insurance network that the individual may be contracted with. I want to share that there's outside places like Psychology Today, 
where you can go and find a therapist because individuals advertise on psychology today, better help. You can find a therapist that way. Thrive Counseling Services. Now, because I'm African-American, many African-Americans want to connect with an African-American therapist or someone that looks familiar to them. Now, I know that they have what's called black therapists. They have a whole network of black therapists. You can Google blacktherapist.com and get a listing of African-American therapists or minority therapists. I'm giving you a free advertisement out there. But it is available. So we really have no excuses. So we need to break the stigma and break the taboo of trying to get. Now, this is some of the things that I found. Most individuals say it's too expensive. If your employer is offering it for free and you're getting a certain number of services to address non-medical issues, whether it's dealing with workplace-related stress, and I'm going to say something about that, we're not contracted by your employer. If you come to a therapist, don't try to manipulate and beat the system by wanting to be seen for work-related stress, knowing you have a worker's compensation claim or you plan on suing your employer. You can't get involved with that. So, therefore, you need to find someone your train may refer you to, maybe an out-of-pocket expense to handle those types of things. So, again, if you're suing your employer, try to use your worker's compensation, I mean your EAP to try to seek counseling services and then later subpoena records and say, I was seen by Jeanette Watermelon because no, no. EAP can also be beneficial when you're dealing with parent-child relational issues, when you are wanting help for couple counseling. And a lot of times individuals say the cost, the cost, the cost. But like I said, if you're utilizing EAP services, you don't pay for it. And that is one of the best ways in some cases to get couples counseling if you are on a budget, if you financially um, having a hardship, because you're not paying an out-of-pocket expense. But again, just don't manipulate it. Because therapists like myself, I will see a certain number of EAP clients, a certain number of insurance clients, a certain number of private pay clients. I also work with individuals that have um, substance abuse issues where they have tested positive to the Department of Transportation, and I am a fan. That is an out-of-pocket expense unless your company is linked with Magellan or Mario Strapel or other organizations that may pay for it, but in most cases that is an out-of-pocket expense. So there are ways to be seen. There is no reason for someone not to get some help, so give it a try. So one of the things is resistance. Most individuals are very resistant. They don't want to hear what the person has to say. They may think that they're going to be judged. They don't think that the person is going to understand. They don't feel that the person cares. So they got all of these defense mechanisms that are kicking in that the therapist already knows they're going to project onto them. So we already raised. But it's stopping individuals from getting help because they're resistant. Or somebody is telling them that they need some help. Now, I want to say this. If you're dealing with childhood trauma, meaning things that have happened to you in your past and you see that it's affecting you in your life now, don't be so resistant to stepping out and getting some help. Also, fear. 
Besides being resistant, there's the fear of therapy. Some individuals are afraid of the medication regimen. I'm going to say this. I'm not a psychiatrist. But in some cases, individuals may have a family history of mental health issues. They may have a chemical imbalance where medication may be needed. I've heard people say, well, as soon as I went to the psychiatrist, the first thing they did was to give me medication. I get that. But if you went to the psychiatrist and you gave them a lot of presenting symptoms and they are trained in this area, once they, you start opening your mouth and telling them what's going on, they're able to put two and two together. So you also want to make sure that you're honest. Because if you're not honest, people can't help you. Now, I'm the type of therapist, if you come to me and you BSing, I tell people game, recognize game. If you want my help, I got you. But if you don't want my help, I'm going to leave you alone. I know you may be a little resistant. I know you may be a little afraid. I know you may be dealing with some anxiety. I know you're not going to tell me everything that is going on in the one session. It didn't take you one day to get to that issue, and it's not going to be one day for everything to just go away. But you've got to be patient, and you've got to be honest. But that fear, that anxiety kicks in the anxiety, the nervousness, the worry, and the – so those are some of the things that I see as a professional. The resistance, and also with resistance, sometimes the individuals are court-ordered to do therapy. In some cases, child protective services can be a mitigating factor, or they can be in family court to where a spouse is accused another spouse of some things, and the court may order them to seek additional services. But with that resistance, you may learn something. And I look at resistance like a rubber band. You keep pulling it, keep pulling it, and eventually it's going to pop. So, again, the resistance, the fear, the anxiety, and you must be honest. Now, when we talk about therapy, why do people go? Mental health issues, anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, postpartum depression, symptoms of schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, sometimes personality disorder, antisocial personality, narcissistic personality, borderline personality. And I'm calling all of these things off the top of my head, which are some mental health. And then you have childhood pervasive developmental disorders. I receive a lot of phone calls from parents that have children that are dealing with some mental health concerns, whether it's autism, whether it's ADHD, whether it's obsessive compulsive disorder, whether it's oppositional defiant behavior, school is about to start. With school starting, parents are going to be dealing with kids that have anxiety because of COVID or because of the monkeypox, because of all these things that are going on, it will present itself in mental health and behavioral issues to children. Then we have personal problems. Some individuals got some stuff that's real deep that they feel is personal, that they want someone to connect with. They want someone to, we used to say, shoot, breathe, or talk to talk with. But there are some things that are going on that's personal. Then we have relational. Parent-child counseling, 
Now, that's one of my specialties because we talk about parent-child relational issues. It doesn't have to be a minor, but many individuals struggle with teenage issues, young adult issues, sometimes older parents and their adult children. That's parent-child relational issues. I conduct domestic violence groups. With domestic violence groups, many individuals don't realize what makes it domestic is relationships. So when we start talking about these relationships, that's where we can kind of nip it in the bud by addressing some of these relational issues. Premarital counseling can fall under relationships. When I'm working with couples, I always ask the question, did you do premarital counseling? Most cases it was no. Oh, I knew I wanted to marry that person. I was in love with this person. I didn't need, think I need therapy. Premarital counseling will help individuals acknowledge things before they become an issue. I love on YouTube listening to Marriage Today. They talk about communication. Communication is a big thing with relational issues. When we talk about premarital, who's going to do what? How many children do we plan on having? Where do we want to live? What religion are we going to practice? What are your views and expectations on a lot of different things? Then you can sit with a third party to address those issues before you walk down that aisle and say, I do. And then come back and say, I shouldn't have done that. We need to talk about that. Well, I thought and I assumed that's why premarital counseling is very important. In some cases, it'll help you gain some insight on, do I really want to marry this person? Are you my bow ass, my broke ass, my dumb ass? My, what the hell am I doing? So premarital counseling, family counseling. A lot of times there's sibling discord, things that are happening within the family. There's child abuse, child endangerment, and sometimes adults can be holding on to these concerns to where it is now impacting them to where the family can benefit from family counseling. You got workplace stress, you have life transition, and this is a big group. We have individuals that are transitioning and dying. Now with grief, we go through stages. We go through the denial, the anger, the bargaining, the acceptance. We also go through the guilt and the hope. So many individuals are receiving counseling because with the grief, they're also dealing with depression, anxiety, adjustment disorders, just breathing in general. Because there's a difference between mourning and grieving. So when you're working with someone, they can help you get through this process of grief. Also, when you're facing a crisis, some individuals can benefit from therapy just because they're having financial difficulties, housing discord, whatever the case may be. But when you are facing a crisis, it is really beneficial to go and seek some help to try to help you calm things down. Now, if you want to call in and join in on the conversation, give me a call at 516-387-1914. Because I want to know, how do you feel about therapy? Growing up in Compton, 
I didn't know not a therapist. I didn't even know people went to therapy. My grandmother used to say, when in Rome, do as in Roman. My mother was whatever goes on in my house, stay in my house. So as a child, I held in a lot of emotions. But I was just totally disconnected, but I wasn't. But I knew how to express anger. I was talking to my grandson the other day. He made a comment about, I'm, I, I need anger management. You're six years old. But the problem is, he be watching me to be a therapist. So when we start talking about these things, but at least he knows the benefits of therapy. Now him is Park calling me. Hey, Ms. Parks, I'm on the therapy. I'm on the radio live right now. You want to call in? Yeah, I'm on. Okay, I didn't know you were gone, but I'm on the therapy. I mean, I'm doing my show right now. Okay, I'll get that call when you see it. I will definitely do that. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye. I get called all the time, but I do need to check on Ms. Parks. That's another thing, and I'm going to say this, our seniors. Our seniors, you want somebody to talk to. I love working with seniors because you can learn stories, you can learn about them, you can learn what they've been through, and it can help a lot of therapists in a lot of ways because, again, we don't know everything, but we can also learn from our clients, and that is also beneficial. Like, you don't want to be, as a client, smarter than the therapist, because you want to work with someone that has the ability to be able to help you. But I always tell individuals it's like a dance. And you want to make sure that you're not dancing by yourself. Now, I want to share some information because I said today's topic has to do with the benefits of therapy. So I want to share what those benefits are. You first must acknowledge that you have an issue or a concern. When a person goes to therapy and they sit there in front of the therapist, well, what is, what's going on? What? I don't know. I don't know. If you don't know how the therapist is supposed to know, because we are not mind readers. We're not there to put a crystal ball. We're not there to tell you how to feel. We're not there to judge you. But you have to bring to us and be honest about what's going on so that we can help you or assist. And in some cases, we may have to refer out because it may be out of our scope. I shared some of the different things in regards to individual family counseling, EAP, um, using your medical insurance, the military culture. I'm also a military one-source counselor. They offer non-medical counseling services to their after-duty personnel, to their dependents, and their spouses. So like I said, it's so much out there now to where many individuals or many therapists like myself are reaching out and we're working with a variety of populations of individuals. If you are in law enforcement, you're going to be dealing with some secondary trauma. You're going to be dealing with some PTSD. You're going to be dealing with some anxiety. You're going to be dealing with some stress. You're going to be dealing with some marital problems. You're going to be dealing with some drug and alcohol addiction. Go talk to somebody. Don't be scared to get help. And in some cases, being scared is the number one reason. Like I said, besides the resistance, that most people don't get help. Now, I'm looking at something, and it's coming from Helpline, and it indicates the benefits and options for therapy. And this article was written just in 2020, and it was written by Susan Lambert. 
And she indicated, wondering if therapy is right for you. A lot of times individuals say, is it right? Is it going to help me? Is it going to hurt me? Many therapists also have. If you were a therapist and your therapist is not in therapy, you might want to find you another therapist because you want to make sure that they're also balanced mentally, spiritually, know what's going on because they deal with so much also. So, again, if you're wondering if therapy is right for you, you're not alone. Seeking help from mental health experts is something that many individuals consider. And when we talk about consider, we talk about contemplation. Things have changed. Don't do a whole new term out there. They look at it when they're either facing a significant crisis, dealing with an extended period of anxiety or depression, coping with a major life transition, dealing with complicated family dynamics, grappling within a relationship, trying to manage addictions or substance abuse, wanting to make a change for better mental health and emotional health. So a lot of times individuals will say, oh, I want to address my mental health. That's telling me a lot. Which means, which mental health issue are you talking about? But regardless of your reason, therapy can offer a broad array of benefits Everyone, now I'm going to give you six types of therapy and the benefits of each. The benefit of talk therapy. With talk therapy, they call that psychotherapy. It is used in a tool used by a psychiatrist that administers medication. Psychologists. Psychologists do more psychological testing and also do therapy. And then we have therapists. A therapist can be a LMSP. LPCC, LPSW, all of this is contingent upon what state you reside in and which governing board your life is under. And we also have life coaches. I do not want to leave the life coaches out because with a life coach, you can learn a lot from a life coach because a life coach is there to give you also tools, techniques, and help you coach and coach you along the way. Now, talk therapy encourages open dialogue about issues that causes you distress. Through your relationship with your therapist, you'll work to identify and understand how these stressors are impacting your life. Love develops strategies to manage the symptoms. I did the thing when I told my daughter I was going to the gym. I went one day. I ain't been back. I ain't gonna lie about it. I ain't lose no pounds and burn no cap one day, really? So when we start talking about these things, we got to manage the symptom. We have to develop strategies. So if you're on the fence about the benefits of talk therapy, you got to consider that 75% of individuals who participate in talk clients, they swear I'm their friend, but I'm not because I'm very careful, careful with boundaries. I understand transparency, counter-transparency, but I'm knowledgeable and a lot of different things. So if individuals call me and I don't have the availability to help, I will try my best to guide them in the right direction. So what can talk therapy help with? Focus on communication. Talk therapy allows one to discuss concerns that range from, like I said, stress management to relational problems to depression and anxiety disorders. Psychotherapy is a tool that therapists use to facilitate counseling sessions 
and they can use this technique for groups, individuals, counseling, or family therapy, because those are the different types of therapies that I said. Now, we got that. Then we got individual therapy. Sometimes individuals want to bring other people in or they want to say, I want couples counseling, I want, but you've got to start with yourself. It's like the okay go. When you're pointing a finger at somebody else, you're blaming other people for things. You got all them other fingers in the thumb coming back at you. So there are some benefits of individual therapy and working on yourself. Now, in the case of individual therapy, the relationship between you and your therapist is very important because it is that which fosters talk therapy is the key to your success. Individual therapy gives you a safe place because you want to make sure that you feel safe, you don't feel pressured. I was watching a movie the other day, and the therapist was kind of hard on the client because it was like she wasn't believing the client. The client was telling the truth to the best of her ability. But at the end of the movie, I kind of found out why the therapist was acting the way the therapist was because the therapist was challenging the client, and the client did not like how that felt. Now, if it's feeling a little bit uncomfortable, that means that it might be working. You don't want to run. If you stop the therapy because you don't feel good, like me going to the gym, it's not going to help you. You're not going to get anywhere. Now, again, but it got to be safe to explore your thoughts, your feelings, and your concerns. And if you don't feel comfortable with the therapist, let the therapist know. Easily change their style to fit what it is you're looking for. So a lot of times individuals will run and say, well, I didn't like my therapist. You only talked to her one night. The one day you saw her, that was just, or him, that was just basically getting general information. Don't try to manipulate the therapist if you're one-on-one because use that time wisely. Now, with, like I said, individual therapy gives you safe space, you, your thoughts, your feelings, and your concerns. Now, unlike couples, family, or group therapy, individual counseling focuses solely on you. So don't go into the individual session blaming Tom, Dick, Harry, Jane for what's going on with you. It's you. It's your stuff. This allows for a deeper understanding of the issue and more time for developing coping strategies to help you handle difficult situations. Now, the goal of individual therapy, because they're going to be an assessment, there's going to, you're going to work with the therapist to develop those, going to come up with some interventions and some strategies to try to help. Now, when we start talking about these goals of individual therapy is to inspire change and improve the quality of life through self-awareness and self-exploration. You've got to explore what's going on with you. Now, being a therapy can also, again, help improve the communication skills, help you feel empowered, empower you to develop fresh insight about your life, learn how to make healthier choices, and develop coping strategies to manage the stress. Now, I want to throw this out there because a lot of times with domestic violence, many issues or many individuals want to run to get individual counseling. Yes, you can but I will also tell individuals that you might want to work with a community-based program to try to help you with development of safety plans, give you some resources, 
learn how to break cycles of domestic violence. Because a therapist can't tell you where to go find shelter or where to go get resources for food, for housing. We can try to listen. We can try to help. But there are organizations and programs that that is what they do. But don't have so much pride to where you don't want their help, but you say, I'm an individual counselor, and all you're doing is venting and therapy about your spouse, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, but you're going home and you're still in the same situation. Now, so those are some of the things. So I wanted to throw that out there because I'm finding that in a lot of cases, these are some of the things that are happening with domestic violence. Got adult children. These children need to move on. You can go to therapy and learn how to set boundaries. You can go to therapy and learn how to develop skills to try to help you with these things, but you've got to do the work. Now, family counseling, bringing people into family counseling. When families face hurdles that seem a bit too high to conquer on their own, they may seek the help from a family therapist. Now, according to the American Association of American Family Therapists, a therapist can evaluate and treat mental and emotional disorders, evaluate behavioral problems, address relationship issues within the context of the family system because it is a family system. We have roles within the family. Now, unlike individual therapy, treatment isn't just for one person. Even if that's the only member in the family working with a therapist, instead, the focus is on the set of relationships that makes the family unit. That is why individuals get upset and frustrated when they are told that their mental health insurance does not cover families or couples counseling unless it meets medical necessity. Because that's a lot of dynamics when you're working with more than one person to address some issues. Now, with family counseling, couples counseling, I tell individuals the, the, the pay or the cost can range sometimes from 150 to almost $400. But you can find someone to work with that may either, either offer a sliding scale or that may um, I mean, have scholarships. Don't give up. Ask. Don't be too proud to say, hey, I might need some assistance. Can you work with me? You never know. But, again, it's the dynamic. Now, some of the most notable benefits of family counseling include improving communication skills, providing and treating mental health concerns that impact the family unit. That doesn't mean blaming someone, making the person feel bad, doing an intervention, which is a little bit different. But when we start talking about the mental health concerns that impact the family unit, such as substance abuse, depression, and trauma, also offering a collaboration among family members, developing coping strategies, and identifying ways to find healthy support. That is huge because a lot of times individuals want to point the finger at the family member without understanding how the family member got to where they are. Now, benefits of couples therapy. When you think of couples therapy, we only think of people having problems. That's not true. Some individuals got a couple to gain skills and tools to help them with intimacy, to help them with 
planning of family, finances, sex. So sex is huge. I remember one time watching this show or watching something, and Michelle Obama was talking about her and Obama, Barack being a couple counselors. It can help your relationship grow. It can help foster a whole lot of different things. It can open up a, a floodgate with communication. I was talking about YouTube with Marriage Today and Jimmy and Karen, and he talks about communication. He says that we have to be proactive. Many individuals become reactive where we react to things that have been communicated. Or individuals, they have what's called radioactive topics that don't touch subjects. But when you're talking about couples counseling, one of the benefits is you can work on some of those things. It doesn't have to be a problem. Now, I also do divorce mediation. Now, with divorce mediation, divorce can be a messy thing. And some would say, why should I go to couples counseling if I know I want a divorce? It can help you to become civil. It can help you address some of the things that are bothering you, not to beat a dead horse about not what's not working, but where are we going from here? How are we going to co-parent, parallel parents? What is going to be happening when we start talking about visitation, child support? Are we going to be dating again or who are we going to? All of that stuff can be discussed through divorce mediation. Because if you can mediate before the divorce, it's final. That can leave a smooth transition. There are individuals now, we call it the new divorce, they get divorced and still live together. I don't know how you do it, but some people can do it. But you've got to set boundaries. You've got to learn how to still be friends. So what I'm saying is when we talk about the benefits of couples counseling, you don't have to be a problem, meaning you can sharpen some things, learn some school to communicate about some things, kids growing up, school starting this week. We got the emptiness syndrome. This ain't got nothing to do with the couple within themselves. It's about I don't feel like a parent anymore because my kids are grown. People get married, couples, you know, the mother of the bride, the father of the bride. Ooh, I don't know, I don't know if I'm ready for this. You know, so there's a lot of things that couples can discuss, aging parents. Those are some of the things that can be discussed during couples counseling. Retirement is huge. I tell people I retired the first time at 33. I listen to people now that are retiring. If I would have stayed on my other job, I would be retiring again because it's been 20 years since I've been retired. So marriage and family therapists are the first to say that couples therapy is an effective way to keep the relationship on track before it goes off the rails. But if the strains are real and the communication is almost impossible, going to therapy allows the couple to meet with a neutral party. A lot of times some people think if it's a male that the, the guy may bond with the male or the male may feel sorry for the female, and that's why therapists have to be doing their own work so that they're not projecting their stuff onto their client. So you've got to be non-biased, non-judgmental, and give them what they're giving you. Talk to them where they're meeting you at to try to help them grow in areas where you see that they're deficient. So you want to make sure that you keep them on track and be neutral because one of the foundational goals of couples counseling is learning how to improve the interpersonal dynamics, and they also suggest that couples therapy is effective in treatment when couples is experiencing individual and relational distress. 
So this is a, there's a variety of things that happen. Improving communication skills, resolving conflict. I tell individuals, if we don't resolve it, we're going to try to solve it. If we don't solve it, we're going to try to resolve it. We're going to try to meet in the middle. I tell individuals, communicate, compromise, and have some compassion. Also, restoring lost trust. A lot of times with couples counseling, the trust isn't there anymore. It could be because of infidelity. It could be because of a lot of different reasons. It Because you spent too much money at the casino and didn't pay the mortgage. You know, it could be a variety of things. But restoring lost trust, increasing shared support. I talked about intimacy, but restoring intimacy, learning how to support each other through difficult times. Times couples can be together for years, 10, 15, 20 years. And when times get hard, when we say for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, some individuals, they bail out on you because they don't know what else to do. So you've got to learn how to support each other through difficult times and forming a stronger bond. Now, one of the things that I've seen, in some cases, individuals have been silent for so long, they didn't share about some of the things that may have been bothering them or some of the things that they were going through, and now they want off the relationship and the marriage. And the other partner is like, uh, but I don't know what's going on. I don't know why he's mad. I don't know why she's having this affair. I don't want to lose my wife. I don't want to lose my family. But what happens is they've been holding on for so long, meaning I was really upset with the fact that you had this child before me and you got pregnant by my friend. I thought it wasn't going to bother me, but it did bother me. And now, 20, 30 years later, we got a problem. I experienced that. I don't know, my ex-husband had been lying to me about 30 years over something. I'm like, uh-uh, this ain't going to work. It's not going to work. You know, so it kind of helps you be able to decide also whether you're able to deal with something, build a stronger bond, help you stay friends, become friends. So those are just some of the things that they talk about. Now, I want to share some things, and I, I don't want to jump the gun, but when we start talking about different types of therapies. I was talking to a friend the other day. I was just sharing with him about trauma-informed care. We have a lot of individuals that experience trauma, either um, secondary trauma, childhood trauma, relationship trauma, disease, people that went through Hurricane Katrina, drive-by, shootings, domestic violence, a lot of activity trauma. There's different types of ways to treat trauma. We have trauma-informed care. We have EMDR. We have cognitive behavioral therapy. Now, cognitive behavioral therapy is abbreviated as CBT. It's a blend of two other therapies. Behavioral, meaning how are you acting and responding, and cognitive, what are you thinking? Now, CBT in most therapists uses techniques to treat many conditions, including anxiety disorders, bipolar disorders, depression with abuse and addiction, obsessive compulsive disorder, phobia, post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, in CBT, your therapist will guide the session with an emphasis on the important roles of your thinking and how you feel and what you do. We also have, you know, different ABC theory. We have people's core belief systems. 
we got a whole lot of stuff out there. Now, in terms of effectiveness, CBT has proven successful in such treatment options on its own as a supplemental therapy to medication for several mental conditions. Now, like I said earlier, some individuals be like, I don't want therapy. I mean, I don't want medication. You got medication management therapy where people are helping to manage your medication. Individuals with anxiety disorders, bipolar disorders, and depression. Now, I'm noticing, I've been doing this show for over 45 minutes. It don't seem like that many people are interested in this show. I haven't got no long calls. Looking at people confining in and off and on on Facebook. But I want you to know, you can listen to this show at any time. But I know the way my phone been ringing off the hook, even when I'm doing this show, individuals are not aware of the benefits. Many individuals are not, don't even know what therapy is even about. Traditional therapy, we've got benefits of online therapy. We've got ways of finding a therapist. And I gave you some information in regards to how to find a therapist, whether you're using your mental health insurance, whether you're going to betterhelp.com or online, telehealth. But there's also ways of finding affordable therapy. And like I said, going through EAP. Also, I want to say tools to find resources and care near you, such as NAMI. NAMI is good for mental health. You got helplines, and helplines also find care. So if you're looking into therapy, another place to start is by talking with a general physician. Talk to your doctor about getting a referral. And like I said, online therapy is good for someone, some individuals, some people don't like it. But I want to say this. Benefits to counseling, explore your thoughts and feelings and worries without judgment. Develop coping strategies of different situations. Practice self-reflection and awareness because a therapist may bring up something that you wasn't even aware of. You didn't even think about it. Even when I'm doing groups, I'd be like, mm, you know, I didn't think about it. Well, have you thought about this? Or Because I tell individuals, there's a saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. I tell them, if I lead you to that water, I'm going to make you thirsty. you go going to want to drink. It's about you. What better investment is there than you? So, again, practice self-reflection. Work on habits that you like to change, meaning you got Gamblers Anonymous, Gamblers Addiction. There is so much stuff going on. There is so much stuff going on to where individuals need some help with therapy. <laughs> i got to open this door. That they're not even aware of. So it helps in a lot of different ways. Where are you coming from? Uh-oh. Okay, give me, doctors, doctors, doctors. Okay, give me 10 minutes because I am live on the radio. I'm just going to go. I just come back to what y'all were doing. I came by here yesterday because I wasn't here. Okay, I'm doing a show about the benefits of therapy. Well, I mean, therapy is good for you. Therapy is good for you? Therapy is good for you. What about being a life coach? I mean, shoot. You're a life coach. You get the right coach. You ain't got nobody that's talking about let's go. 
Cool, you're, you're absolutely right. And the thing is, when we start talking about, even with um, life coaches, a lot of individuals, I, know I was supposed to go to a, um, I was supposed to go to a party that was a Western cowboy party. I was supposed to wear my cowboy boots and I bought my hat, and I still didn't go to the party because I was tired. But I'm talking about the benefits of therapy and what are some of the benefits that people can get out of therapy to help them develop communication skills, then you wave them by. Oh, okay. Okay. A lot of individuals don't realize 
hypertension, diabetes, cancer, substance use and abuse, all of that stuff. We have to learn how to minimize our stress. So it can help you with some of these different things. Now, the third one that they talk about is repressed emotions will come back and hunt you later on. If you think you buried that bone and the storm comes, somebody will find that bone. So my point is repressed emotions will come back and hunt you later on, meaning the most serious drawback of not talking about something is that Unexpressed feelings and traumas can pile up and explode later. That's why we talk about the difference between baggage versus trauma. You can work on your baggage. You can work it. I mean, Stephen can't be here, but da 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 No problem. But if it's trauma and it's deep-rooted, then that trauma is going to be dumped off on somebody else in a relationship, whether it's your children, whether it's your coworkers, or whether it's the person that you lay in with every night saying that you love them. Only does repressed emotion that they can come back to haunt you. Passive aggressive. These things we think will fade away. I call it nice nasty. But when you are not dealing and being honest and your emotions are not congruent with what you're saying and doing, it can definitely cause a problem. Now, it can also give you a whole new perspective on other people, too. I am very well acclimated when it comes to defense mechanisms. I know what's mine and what's not mine. I know when people are projecting their stuff onto me. I know when individuals are repressing things. I know when individuals, we talk about these different defense mechanisms. I know when we run into roadblocks to communication. I understand how to use timeout mechanisms. I know different tools. So learning these things and the benefit of this, that you're learning these tools and developing these tools in therapy can help you at work, at home, out in the community. When you are subjected to certain things, it can help you to see things from a whole different perspective. And it will help you deal with future curveballs. My mother used to say, been there, done that, got my T-shirt. So when things are occurring and or things are coming your way, you already prepared. You already know it's coming. Now you got to deal with it. So when we start talking about the curveballs of the future, whether it's big or small that's going on, Knowing how to deal with them in a healthy way is an essential skill. You've got to have these skills. When people are telling you no, when individuals are trying to stress you out, or when you're becoming frustrated, you got to go into your tool bag and figure out how I'm going to handle and navigate this. Also, talking about things gives them a shape. It makes sense. Even if it don't make sense, you can acknowledge that it's there. You know that it exists. Have you ever noticed how turning the problem around in your head often gets you precisely nowhere? I tell individuals, don't let people rent space in your head for free. You don't have to respond to everything. Going off and showing anger or showing your temperament, 
is not going to always help you. In some cases, it can hurt you. Going to drink and self-medicating, and it's not going to solve the problem. That is a temporary fix. So you've got to find ways <clears throat> of dealing with things. It's going to therapy also helps you realize one of the benefits that you are not alone. You ain't alone. <clears throat> You're not the only one going through the emptiness syndrome. You're not the only one experiencing anxiety. You're not the only one going through stress. You're not the only one that's having symptoms of depression. You're not the only one going through financial issues or dealing with your couple, your, your husband or your adult children. So when you realize that you are not alone, seeing someone can be a huge relief in and of itself since you know that you're taking action against what ails you. It's also just comforting and knowing that you have a bit of a support structure. So you know if you can't rely on nobody else to listen, whether it's active listening, reflective listening, paraphrasing, you know you can go to your therapist. I have clients tell me sometimes, you know, I look forward to talking to you. I couldn't wait to tell you da 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 because they've been waiting to get that off their chest because they know I care. They know I'm going to listen. It also will will rewire your brain. When I say rewire your brain, one of the coolest things about therapists is that it can bring about change at the levels of the brain. We think that medication has worked at changing the brain. Medication can help if there's a chemical imbalance. So sometimes you may need therapy and medication regimen. Some individuals can just do the medication, but you still want to talk in or meet with your psychiatrist at least once a month to let them know if it's working, not working. Again, you got to be honest. Some individuals can just benefit from but you got to do the work. So those are just some of the things, and you won't have to self-medicate anymore. Self-medicating is to deal with what we call the psychological stuff, incredibly common. Now, when you self-medicate, you're trying to run, you're trying to hide, you're trying to stuff, you're trying to, you know, always say guilt is something that we feel, shame is something that people want us to feel. But you don't have to do that anymore because you're working through your stuff. And once you learn also to forgive yourself, can't nobody hold that noose over your neck anymore. Now, it also enables you to teach the next generation a better way. When I heard my son, grandson talk about, I need anger management, or I, I was like, what do you know about anger management? So he remembered a grandmother as a therapist, and I used to hear my granddaughter Jasmine mock me and say things, you know, this is your daddy, I need to send for the treatment of addiction. It lets them know that it's okay, that it's not a joke, because like I said before, mental health is real. So if you want more information, a lot of things online. If you want to talk to me about a possible referral, if I'm not able to work with you, you can give me a call at 714-992-1677, which is my office number. Call the forwarder to my cell phone. Again, you can reach out by contacting your insurance provider in regards to mental health and behavior health insurance and looking to see what they have to offer. You can also go online, psychologytoday, betterhelp.com, thrive, 
therapy. There are so many different ways of getting help to address a variety of issues. Give it a try. Don't be scared. Share with others. Sometimes you are changing, and they want to know what's working for you. They might want some of it. But don't hold back. Get you the help that you need so you can be balanced and become a better you. Again, my name is Jeanette Abney. I want to thank you for listening. Share this information. Because a lot of times individuals don't realize the benefits. We look at the disadvantage. The disadvantages, and I do want to share that. One of the disadvantages is not getting the help when you know you need it. Another disadvantage is if you are not being honest with the therapist and you feel that you can't connect with the therapist. That is a disadvantage. Now, there are potential risks to psychotherapy, and people may initially feel worse in rare cases. Psychotherapy can even trigger some individuals to have thoughts about wanting to harm themselves or in their lives. So I want to say you're going to experience that, but it's not always something that happens because you might trigger something in hypnosis that someone has done something to you, said something to you, but you can grow, and you don't have to hold on to it. Now, I also want to say if these things are happening, we know that everybody's not going to be successful, but don't give up. Some individuals may need a higher level of care. That may be the reason. Now, I'm looking at something, and it says eight reasons why therapy may not work for everyone, and I want to share this information because I don't want you to think that everything is all good because, like I said again, you've got to do the work. The client only wants to complain. If you're going in there just complaining, mm-mm, that ain't going to work. Client drops out of treatment. They give up before it even start working. That's a problem. The client is not honest or realistic about their issues. If you're going in there lying to the therapist and lying to yourself, you never get anywhere. And you can't go in there and be unrealistic and saying that you want these things to happen that may not even be possible. And in some cases, the therapist and the clients may not be a good fit. That's okay. If you found a therapist and you're not a good fit, find another therapist. I'll tell the person, if I don't think that they're a good fit for me, I may need to refer you out. I will gladly let them know because I don't want them to think that that they're wasting their time, nor do I want to waste mine. So, again, those are some of the disadvantages. So I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Ridiculous Blog Talk Radio. And remember, you got this. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.